Golf Podcast, presented by Golficity, where we bring you the tips, instruction, and support you need to get the most out of your golf game. And now your hosts, Frank and Mike. Hey guys, welcome back to the Golf Podcast. Here it is, Mike, episode big one. 400. 400. Bop it a bop. Right? Yeah. You like that? We need something. It's see something. And I even threw back the retro G hat. Look at this. We don't even sell these anymore, guys. Way back. We're talking five years. I wanted to get a little nostalgic today. Because it's been a been a while, 2013. It has been a bit since our very Congrats. first. So, what 400. was the date of our very first episode? It's funny. I listened to this. I listened to it this morning, taking my daughter to school. I was like, I gotta listen to this thing. <laughs> August. Do you, do you want to? Yeah, uh, I didn't I want. Know. I cringed. But yeah. August 2013. Um, it was 25 minutes long. Great show. Really got that that Seinfeld slappy bass intro music. Yeah. You know, and uh, it was funny. We just talked about a bunch of topics, but it was cool to hear. The mission statement right at the top of the show, 57 seconds. We're not pros. We just love golf, and we're here to share our, our mission, our, our passion. And that was it from day one. And uh, it was weird here. I didn't. I was ghost on that thing until three minutes and 30 <laughs> seconds in. Like, I didn't say a word. New to it, nervous maybe. I don't know. But it was great. You got to go back and listen You can to definitely it. tell. Like, we were not used to having microphones in front of our face. Not at but, all. But you're right. One thing that has not changed in seven years, you know, our, our games have improved. Mm-hmm. We've become better golfers, more knowledgeable golfers. But one thing that hasn't changed is that mission. You know, we, we have always said we are not pros. We make mistakes out there. Uh, our games, we struggle at times, a lot of times. But our whole mission was to learn learn to get better at this game and then take what we've learned and bring it here to hopefully help somebody else out. Yeah. And I think one of my favorite things over these past 400 episode has been hearing from so many listeners. That's it. Whether right there, it be yeah. just in the the reviews of the show or people who have, you know, we've we've gained great friendships from this show, you know, people who have emailed us um you know, just telling us anything if it if it's helped you or or if you have your own tips for us, that has just been you know, that's been like the real game changer for me. I couldn't agree anymore. Yeah. You know, and the guests, the guests that have come on. And like you said, the friendships that have come out of those guests. Uh, I would have never believed, you know, in 2013 that I'd be interviewing Bubba Watson. Right. You know what I mean? And, you know, we Gary Player, which we've talked about many times. But even just this year, names like Bubba Watson and Russell Henley and guys that we see every day on tour, you know, and that, that we love watching and that some of us as kids are, are kind of uh, starstruck when we're around and and. They're on our show talking to us, so it's great. I mean, I, I give a lot of credit to, the, obviously, the both of us with our consistency. It takes a lot to do this every week since 2013. It We're does. talking seven it years does. now. We go on vacations. Because we, we batch them. Like, yeah, yeah, we enjoy it. We love it. Um, and I don't think it's ever going to stop, man. I don't think so either. Like <laughs> no. With golf, there's always something to talk about. Yeah, but right. what's so wild is you can go back and, and all these shows, they're f- always free to listen to. You can download the Golficity app uh, or to go to golficity.com and you can go actually all the way back to like Mike's referencing the first episode. It's still there. Like I said, it's a little embarrassing how it new is. and fresh we were, but we leave it there because you know what? There's still some good information yep. in it and you just see how much we have evolved as golfers. But what's so funny is that literally started with each of us sitting in our respective bedrooms, calling each other over Skype That's uh, it. with microphones, just, I think we were hoping Skype them would in work, remember? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just plugged into our, our, our computer and just, just talking golf. Yep. And uh, the fact that it's come this far has been something that, like I said, it's just been, it, it's been a proud moment for us. That's it really cool. has. And you know what, to even just put a bigger stamp on that is, you know, just looking at the numbers. I mean, we just closed in on 6 million all-time downloads. Wow. 
you know, right around this 400 mark. So thank you guys. Yeah. Somewhere in there, we must have helped somebody. Yeah. <laughs> somebody must have Someone gotten some got benefit some tips, out of it. I hope. That's for sure. Some enjoyment. That's for sure. Well, speaking of which, today what we're going to be talking about is how you can start, you know, really picking those chip shots clean mm-hmm. and, and most importantly, to eliminate that duff. And, and while I say I like to use the word eliminate, uh, I feel like there's there's always the possibility of something like that rearing its ugly, ugly head. You never fully eliminate something. But we're going to dive through a couple things that have been working for us that really help because uh, there's one thing. Talk about this journey of the game. One thing that I've learned, it's that so many of those costly strokes on that scorecard happen right around the greens. Big time. I mean, even just some of like the, the videos we get to do now where we're out there playing courses and we're editing these and we're putting them together and you, you realize, you know, we're getting to the green well, but then where we're not scoring is around the green, whether we're not, you know, chipping it close enough, you know, you know, the putting, whatever it may be, you start to really realize as you become a more and more involved golfer, you start to realize how much of the game is played within, I'd say 50 yards, even less of the cup. Yeah, so much of Mm -hmm. the. I would love to see a statistic at some point about how, and I'm sure it's out there. How much of the game, percentage-wise of the game, is played in that range? Yeah, and I would imagine it's a significant (laughs) amount. Look at our own games. I mean, but you and I both. Ninety percent of the time, we get off the tee, booming down the middle. We're cheering, we're loving it, (laughs) and then we fall apart when we get up there, right? Because we don't focus enough on that short game. Well, that's what I mean. And the good news about that short game is that it is something that you can. You can put the work in. You know, you don't always need to get to the driving range to do that. So we're going to talk about that today. And and that's going to be a big focus because especially here as we go into our own offseason, um, we look for ways that we can work on our game, you know, from home and, and in not having access to the golf course. And this is one of those things that you can really work on there. But I think the most important thing is just kind of understanding those fundamentals because no matter what we've said this before there's no tricks in this game there's Mm no magic bullets there's no you know secrets hidden secrets of the tour pros what there is are there are sound fundamentals and then there's your ability to execute on those fundamentals oh yeah and if what it comes down to no matter what is just working on the different things the drills and other things you need to do to make sure that you're hitting those fundamentals as often as possible and then you throw into that mix the mental game which we're going to be talking about more on, on the show too coming up um but the mental game in, in being able to mentally keep your focus, as you just brought up, Mike, right. um, so that you can execute on those fundamentals because this is a difficult game, right? Yeah. I just saw a quote from Ricky Fowler who's just you know starting to play like himself again, and he talks about how difficult this game really truly is. And you realize something that which seemingly as simple as maybe like a 10-yard chip shot can be very difficult, especially if you're mentally not in it, if you're not involved in it, if you're if you're, you're losing your focus, it's very easy to, in this case, duff that shot and costing you one or more strokes yeah. in the process. Yeah. I mean, we see it in our own games. I mean, we don't have, like when we get to the course too, too quick, we don't, we rush out there. This happened in Manhattan Woods. Like, yeah. It took like three holes to get the feel. Yes. Right? Yeah. Where was the field? It was absent, for th- literally absent for three holes, and then it just comes back. So, yeah, it's a big one. But anyway, look, we want to first and foremost, as Mike mentioned earlier, thank everyone who's, who's, you know, helped in any way, even if it's just as simple as just clicking that download button. You have helped us to take this show and grow it to the places that we want to be. And we've got so much more planned. 
uh, so many big things. We, we're talking already are planning for 2022, some big things we want to do with the show. And speaking of which, too, um, if you haven't already checked out our growing community on Leveler, uh, I think you guys are missing out. Uh, not only is it a way that you guys can help support the show, if you, if you, as you know, this we bring the show to you guys free of charge every single week. Um, but the way that we're growing and be able to make more of that content is through things like Leveler. Our Leveler community supports us. And we'll put the links to this in the show notes as well as if you're watching this on YouTube below. But we always make sure that we're finding ways to give back to you guys. And I think that the the Leveler community has been one way to do that because it's a it's a direct messaging community with us. And in fact, we've been talking about some fun stuff in there. We have. I was just checking it as you were talking. It's cool. It's got these kind of subgroups. It's got the main Golficity Clubhouse and we're all kind of just riffing back and forth about different stuff, all golf related. And then there's some subgroups in there, which are really fun. I know they're going to heat up once January rolls around, but like the PGA Tour chat, Mm -hmm. when the guys kick things off down in Kapalua, gave them improvement. Uh, Golf equipment, that's a big topic this time of year. We got Eric in there, who's our equipment nerd. He loves that stuff. So I see guys firing off their questions. They're getting the answers to their questions right there. And they're having a lot of fun. Some of the memes and the gifts in there just make me laugh. Yeah. And and plus, we always say like the people in the group are the ones who are directly helping contribute to the direction of our content. Mm -hmm. So not only with the podcast, we've been posting in there, what are some of the things you want us to talk about? What are some of the things you want to hear? Guests you want to see? But even with things like equipment, like what are some of the products you guys want to see us reviewing and that type of stuff? So it's a a direct line. It's a lot of fun and it, it really does help support us and and allow us to to grow the show and do more things i mean we we brought this show this year to pinehurst you know yep. uh places like that it's not free to do those things yep. you know it takes it takes money and resources to 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 travel and, and bring our equipment down there and do that type of stuff so it's stuff like that that really helps support it so we appreciate all of it like i said that it'll be in the in the notes below if you're listening to it otherwise you can go to golfacy.com slash clubhouse to join uh and and you you'll trust me it, it's fun it's, yeah. a, it's a fun group text that we've got going on and i'm enjoying it yeah it's so. like a cup of coffee a month to support us and i think you even get a two-week trial yeah right? two-week free trial free trial so definitely check Hop it out in. all right guys let's do a quick word from our sponsors and then i want to dive into this whole topic about how you can start to pick those chip shots clean there's really it's one of the best feelings in golf oh yeah so we're going to tell you how you can work on that in just a second but let's do a quick ad break here Hey guys, true distance is more than just a number. Every Titleist T-Series iron is designed for maximum performance in the three key factors for any approach. Distance, dispersion, and angle of descent. And I'll tell you what, Mike, that angle of descent was a real eye-opener for us in our most recent T-Series fitting. Absolutely. And you know, we've been fortunate enough to go through some great fittings before. Mm -hmm. This is the first time I think we really dove into that. And when you start talking about that angle of descent, that is one of the major ways that you're going to be able to hold those greens. And as Andy Inman, our fitter in that video, talks about accessing those front those front pins pins. so Mm -hmm. now you know we've all thought about before distance 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 but the reality is those clubs it makes up the biggest portion of your bag your irons and that those are some scoring clubs especially when you can access pins like never before so your authorized titleist fitter will help you find the combination of t-series models to unlock your ability to not only hit it longer but hit it closer too so visit titleist.com Calm today to find a fitter near you. All right, guys, you need a new pair of golf shoes. You don't know where to go, what to do. You're overwhelmed. You go online, you start searching. 
I'm going to talk about the Shoe Finder. I'm going to make your life super easy. FootJoy, the number one shoe in golf, offers more types of shoes for more players than anyone else. It's true. Now you can get matched with the number one golf, uh, sorry, the number one shoe for your game on FootJoy.com with the FootJoy Shoe Finder. This thing is super cool. So you answer a few questions, and you can find the shoe that fits your playing style and preference. Uh, whether you walk or ride, if you prefer cleated or spikeless, uh, if you're narrow, wide, extra, extra wide, FootJoy offers the most styles for the most players and can match you with the golf shoe that's right for you. So find the number one shoe for you at the with the FootJoy Shoe Finder at FootJoy.com slash shoe finder all right so we all know this feeling right so you're you're lining up to a chip shot you're looking at the hole you're thinking hey i can get this thing close i get my up and down you know maybe it's for par maybe it's who knows whatever saving bogey whatever you're doing there you're just or you're thinking i want to get this close so i can make that putt you line everything up and then all of a sudden thud yeah we all know that feeling. Womp, womp. Womp, womp, that duffed chip shot. And it's just, it, it, it's, it's, it takes the wind out of your sails. You know, we really talked does. about it. What was it? I think just an episode or two ago, we talked about how one bad shot can just really do a number on your mental game. And then it, yeah. if you don't have that capability, something that's difficult, and we're working on that mental game strength, but if you don't have that ability to kind of like push through that, that one bad shot can linger into two and three and four as you're stewing about it, not right. thinking about your next shot. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that, a lot of bad problems that a duff uh, chip yeah, shot. Yeah, it's going to put you in a horrible state. Yeah. And you got to be able to, like you said, get yourself out of it because we've been there and it's probably the shot that I dread the most. We're talking tight lies. Well, it, I, it really can happen from any lie. Okay. But. I mean, we'll get dive into that in a second. I think there's obviously higher chances of it happening from different lies. Mm -hmm. um, and, and as with any shot in golf, you need to assess your lie. We talked about this recently about choosing the right club for your chip shots. And we talked about a high lofted situation versus more of a bump and run. Mm -hmm. And it's just making sure that you match the lie situation. I think what big problem that a lot of amateur golfers such as ourselves struggle with is that we have this like one kind of sh shot. Like let's say I have one way to play a chip shot and I try to just force it through for every possible lie. Yep. Where in yep. reality, when right. you see the, the best golfers, they're spending a lot of their, like you think about two, two sides of the coin, your amateur golfers thinking a lot about technique and how am I going to swing and how am I going to swing? Your better golfers, when they're out there, they may think technique and be working on certain things on the range and the practice facility, but when they're out there, they switch gears to where they're thinking about the situation. They're spending, you watch the PGA Tour, watch how much a, a, a tour player is talking with their caddy about the lie, yeah, about where right. they want that ball to go. Like A lot like playing billiards or pool and you're thinking about where you want that cue ball to end up. They're thinking a couple steps ahead, but they're thinking, what can I execute in this situation? Because we know golf is such a dynamic game. It's not played on a completely tightly mown flat surface. There's so much to it. So before we go any further, let's just kind of assess and talk about what we mean by a duffed shot because pe different people may call it different things. But for the purpose of what we're going to discuss today, a duffed chip shot is going to be where the club strikes that ground before the ball. Mm -hmm. Now, you think about it. What happens when your club strikes the ground before the ball? The club head effectively comes to a stop pretty darn quickly. And especially when you think of a chip shot, it's not a lot of club head speed. 
You know, we're not swinging through there incredibly fast like a full swing. Right. So it doesn't take much interference from the ground to stop that club head in its tracks. And what will happen is, depending on the, the ground and the softness, most likely you hit the ground behind it, the club is going to bounce up, it's going to lose a ton of its speed, and it's just going to basically knock into the top of the ball somewhere. And depending on where the ball is, it, it could go almost nowhere. Right. It could be in the rough, you could end up, a foot ahead of where you were, right? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. not really moving at all. Um, but a, a big topic we've talked about here on the show, and I'm sure we'll continue to dive into, is that idea with any swing, making that clean contact with the ball first, then the ground, because same thing could occur with a full swing shot. You're going to hit that ground, you're going to have that thud, you're going to lose a lot of swing speed. I think the only time that you're ever focused on hitting behind the ball and hitting the ground first would be a bunker splash shot yes correct. in that case you're hitting that sand you're mm-hmm. letting the sand throw the ball up onto the green a green mm-hmm. side bunker um, but any other time you're really making sure that you make contact with the ground with the ball first then the ground so just kind of knowing what the actual mistake is i think is a big step forward to kind of resolving it. yeah for sure and i think my brain immediately went to the tight lie chip because that's where i struggle when I'm in the rough with a chip shot, I thrive. Yeah. You know, I love it. I don't know why. Maybe because I'm a little propped up, and I know. I that, think that's it. Yeah, because I, I know I'm not going to dig, and I yeah. know I'm not going to chunk it. Right. Why can't I, I apply that same concept to a tighter lie? I think I think by just kind of like mentally working through that would would kind of give a, a big understanding of this here and help because I think what it ultimately is is with a tight lie you've got no room between the ball and the ground. The ground the ball is effectively sitting on the ground. Yeah, you know, the, I mean, you may have that millimeter of of grass, but it's mowed so tight it's there. When you're in the rough. Now we're not talking about d- deep down buried one. There's a chance that it's it's fluffed up. That that thick grass yeah. is holding it up a bit. Mm-hmm. So in those particular cases, you're able to still make contact with that ball even when you're digging down into the ground. Right. You know, versus with a tight lie. And the other thing with a tight lie is you have the bounce on your club. You know, whereas with with the with the grass with it propped up, even if you hit and you skim, you still may catch some of that bottom of that ball. With a tight lie, you make one mistake, you're going to bounce, bounce up, it. and then that the, the edge of that club is going to hit somewhere in the middle to the top of that ball, and then that's it, because the ball is on, it's, it's re- effectively resting on the ground. Would you say this shot is probably one of the hardest shots for a brand new out-of-the-box golfer? Like I, I could see our guy Zach over here is just getting into the game. He's getting the bug. He's hitting the ball great in the sim off the tee. I haven't yet seen him hit a uh, chip shot. Yeah, I would say so because the, one yeah. of the big reasons shaking is, his head no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's going to expose any issues you have with finding the bottom of your swing. Right, exactly. That's a good point. And I think finding the bottom is something that we all kind of struggle with. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of reasons to it. And I think the the first we're going to kind of get into some of the mistakes here right now. And I think the first one is a is possibly the answer to your question because it's one of the most common issues with new golfers. A lot of us struggle with it, even if it's not in in full swings. We may struggle with it in these more finesse swings. You know how how funny is it? You know, a million times I've heard us say to each other, ah, "I tried to get too cute, cute there, yeah. right? I, I tried <laughs> I need to, a T-shirt with that, right? For crying I, out loud! I tried to finesse it too much, and I think what happens there is that the hands and wrists kind of take over. So instead of kind of committing to the shot and, mm-hmm. and and kind of keeping those hands and wrists quiet and making that turn. We try to almost place the ball on the green, especially with these short yeah. little chip shots, and we get very flippy. Like there's a lot of words you can use for it: scooping, 
flipping, those types of things. But it, no matter what, it's a huge mistake. And it, I would say it's the number one cause for these duff tip, uh, chip shots by no small margins. Yeah, by no I small like margin. And one thing that you can find, and we'll, we'll link to this in the show notes, we always try to provide a couple of like visual representations that we found that have been helpful for us. Um, but one is just kind of like taking a look at that and just start to realize are you flipping are you scooping and that's where those wrists are actually breaking and that club head is getting out way in front of your your hands at the moment of impact right mm -hmm. and and that is like i said that scoop is is just really deadly but it, it's it makes so much sense why we do it because it's intuitively we think like that motion is lifting the ball into the air right. scooping it up into the air but the reality is and we've talked about the physics of of the strike before on the show um the reality is you don't need to do that you don't need to help the ball into the air with a nice clean strike what's going to happen is the both the loft and the spin and the way that 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 loft and the and and the uh the the grooves on the golf club, all the, depending on the speed of the swing, obviously, the way they interact with the ball is what's going to get that ball up in the air. Yeah, big So time. you still can have mm -hmm. that kind of downward, not dramatically steep, like deep into the ground, but that downward strike that strikes ball first and then ground is still going to get the ball up in the air the way you want it to. You don't need to help the ball into the air with this flippy motion. Well, that's important to drill home. Because, you know, I mean, I think about it, like if you and I, we try something scoopy and finesse or cute or try to get, yeah, we could do it maybe one out of every 10 times. Right. But there's no way to to approach a shot with a 10% no. success. I mean, I leave those scoopy shots for the pros because they know how to do that. Uh, but you're absolutely right. And, and I got to think about just take a regular swing and swing through. That's it. And truthfully, the only time you would ever apply what we would consider like a scoopy technique, again, would be a greenside bunker. Yes. And those are the times when you absolutely, we talked about this in our recent episode where we said how to hit that very high um, quick stopping bunker shot. Sometimes you need a little bit of this motion, but the reality is it, it's very rare. It's not something you really want to work into your game, but it's also something that can be easy to fix with a little bit of practice. And one kind of the cheapest, we always talk about our favorite cheap training aid is an alignment stick. That's it. Because you can use it for a million different things. Mm -hmm. But one thing that you can do to kind of work on this and making sure that you're not scooping with your chip shots would be to take an alignment stick, uh, keep put it right in your grip run it down like about you know halfway down the shaft of the of the golf club that whatever you're chipping with and then run it through your grip and then up for a righty kind of up your your left arm so to speak then as you take your chips you want to make sure that that alignment stick always kind of stays in place into your left because if you start to flip with your wrists like this what's going to happen is that alignment stick is going to start knocking into your body yeah Right. Makes so sense. this is something it's a great drill is just making sure that you're using the rotation of your body and keeping those hands and wrists quiet. And what that'll allow you to do is create that downward cleaner strike and not this flippy thing, because that flip, trust me, that is the, the, the biggest cause of these duff shots, because what happens with the flip, you may hit it one or two times. OK, mm -hmm. but it requires perfect timing. And it requires that there's you no know, real interference with the ground or anything like that. If you don't get that timing just right, you're using all that hand-eye coordination. If you don't get that just right, it's very easy to hit that ground before the ball and boom, there's your duff. Yeah, absolutely. And then to make things even harder on yourself, when you play in different locations like Pinehurst, you're forced to putt 
You know, yeah. I mean, there's so many different terrains. It, that, that's the reason why I go to that Texas wedge off the green because I just have no confidence in chipping on tight lies right yeah. off the green. Well, it's all a matter of just getting that chipping technique down. And the good news is with a couple of practice like this, mm -hmm. you can do it and then you add that shot to your bag. Yeah. So that yep. you're not, it's great to know how to hit that Texas wedge when, you know, whatever, but we saw it. Um, Can't always use it. I'm thinking about the, those uh, little approach shots. Now, this is more of a pitch shot, but those little approach shots we had on Black Bear on that par five. Mm -hmm. And you had the water in front of you and you're like i would love to putt this right i'm on the fairway and i can but run I it up but you can't so you, by doing those things and learning these things you become a more dynamic more versatile golfer because the best golfers that's what they can do is they can adapt to all different situations because they're not at the shots but again it comes back to something we've said on the show so many times don't let the first time you're trying this be out on the golf course realize that this is a kind of a hole in your game and then take it to a practice area practice it first and then apply it when you're out there. Um, here's another one. This one hits home, Mike. This, how many times have we done this? The another big mistake that causes the duff tip, uh, chip shots is decelerating. Don't decel. Don't decel. It's like the last words should, in our head. We are always reminding each other of that, especially when there's something like like that. There's like, uh, let's say you're chipping it over a greenside bunker, mm -hmm. or you're chipping it over a little hazard, or something like that. Right. We get so worried. And we think about that hazard, and what happens is we, we end up slowing down before impact, largely because we are so concerned with making a, a proper strike. Mm -hmm. Or it could be that the hazard or the trouble is on the other side of the green, yeah. and we're worried we're going to hit it too far. We don't trust it. And then what happens is we decelerate, and that kind of really ends up messing with our timing, messing with our ability to, to, to shallow and, and bottom that club out at the, at the right moment. Um, so... What it really comes down to is trusting your technique. Trust it, go with it, lock it in, because there's nothing good that can happen from decelerating during your downswing. Nothing good at all. You're enough. not saving anything at that point. Right. You think you are, but you're not. Right. I mean, you feel like you have to be delicate in where you are, and, and then that, that's what causes you probably to slow down. But this is actually the last mental thought I have at the top of my backswing in a chip shot. Don't yeah, decel. Don't, don't decel. Get it through. Get it through. And usually when I get it through get, or get the club head through is what I'm trying to say, usually ends up working out. Right. Because look, if you do need to hit it less, then just hit it less. That's all. Don't start with a bigger backswing and then make a last minute day of game decision where you're like, oh, I got to <laughs> slow it down. I'm coming in too quick. <laughs> right. And one thing that we've learned in a lot of the playing lessons we've done, which I found to be very helpful, kind of a, a tip that we've worked with lots of different coaches and they all kind of come back to the same thing. And, and it's just like second nature for them. So they just kind of say it in passing, but it hits home with me every time is they talk about that shot rehearsal, those chip shots. I mean, you're setting yourself up for failure if you just, I know we all want to speed up play, but there's also just getting out there, taking like one, maybe one, you know, practice little swing and then. And it's then instant it. feel. Right. So what you can do is rehearse that. One thing that's going to help eliminate this deceleration is rehearsing. Rehearse it. So if you get up in front of your chip, take a couple of swings. And what you're doing there is you're feeling how the club is interacting with the the turf in that area mm -hmm. so you're getting an idea for it but you can also set and lock in what pace you feel like is the right pace kind of like a practice putt you know of just taking that stroke it's not like we take a bunch of practice putting strokes and then we actually approach the ball we change it mm -hmm. we're, we're we're actually we're, we're rehearsing the stroke that we're going to take so in this case 
as you were saying, if it's a more delicate shot, we don't need whatever, go up and rehearse a delicate speed, the right speed you want to do, and then get up and step up and execute with that same speed. Right. Don't start too fast and then have to decelerate because you second guess yourself. Yeah. And those practice swings have been really helpful for me lately. And I have this thing in my head where I won't take the actual shot unless that I have a practice swing that's that feels good. Yeah. You know, I take two or three and I'm like, nope, nope, nope. I'll do it. Step feel good. away, right? Yeah. Seriously, step away. You're not harming anyone else. It, it's an extra couple seconds. It's one of the, the most brilliant things I remember taking away from Zen Golf by Do- Dr. Joseph Parent. He talked about uh, marking down and trying to eliminate. But first you mark down to see how many anyways you have. Mm-hmm. And what he calls an anyway is when you go and proceed with the shot anyway, even though you felt something wrong, something didn't feel right, your stance, the ball position. Didn't have the right club. And you hit it anyway and he says anyways are 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 this recipe for disaster so what he talks about is mark down if you hit a if you hit a shot and a bad shot was it in any way Mm -hmm. was it something you knew beforehand there's something wrong here i should address before i take the shot and i hit it anyway the ball is on the is teed not quite the way i I teed it too high Ah, i hit it anyway i don't feel like bending over and fixing my tee how many anyways do you have out there? And they can happen around the I'm green. good for three to five anyways around, I'm right? easily right? good for three to five anyways. <laughs> yeah, easily. Especially, honestly, let's be honest When we're here. filming. When we're filming and we're There's rushing a little, a little bit. And be like, oh, let's go. I got to move here. Right. I gotta go There'll be times where I thought I had driver and I had three wood. I'm like, whatever. Right, right. Anyway. Whatever. I hit it anyway. <laughs> Our anyways are off the charts. Anyway. There's exactly. Anyway. So anyway, the next one. Poor address position. Um, this is something too that we've we've seen and we've heard people like really working on it at the top level. Um, things like ball position, and this is something you can rehearse at home, so that you're not. It, it, golf is hard enough. Don't try to make it a moving target. When you practice your chips, practice it and, and have a, a ball position that you're used to and accustomed to. So it's not in all different places each time you try to approach it. Sure, there's varying your ball position in the stance purposefully. Because you want to vary that shot a little bit, playing a little bit further back for a lower shot or a little forward, a little forward for a higher shot. But where we see a lot of like amateurs struggle is having it dramatically too much in one or the other direction. In this case, a lot of times the ball is played way too far back. So for a righty, too close to your right foot. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you really have no other way to approach it than to come in steep because it's so far back. And that can cause you to get really steep. And there's that duff chip yeah, shot. Yeah, there you go. So just rehearsing and, and making sure that you're keeping that ball position or you're at least aware of it because that can be a big anyway or you just step up and you just hit it wherever it is, you know, make sure that, you know, you, you're assessing it. Where is uh, that ball in my stance? And, and that that goes along with what we talked about earlier, the rehearsal, right? Mm-hmm. Rehearsing that you're, you're Gotta making the proper it, contact. Instant feel. Point. Get it right away. Exactly. Um, so. You, let's say you're struggling with these things. I think we kind of hit on a couple of different things you can do to address each one of those individually. But let's say just generally speaking, you find you're duffing a lot of chip, chip shots. Like what can you do to kind of get back on track? Um, one thing you can start with is practicing chipping with a little bit less lofted club. We talked about this in a previous episode. It is easier in general to chip with something like a seven or an eight iron than it is to chip with a very high lofted club. Uh, It just presents more of the face to the golf ball versus if you're duffing and and you've got a a very 
uh, lofted club, it's very easy to catch it right on that that the blade, you know, the, uh, the yeah. edge there, mm-hmm. the leading edge of the of the club. So you can start to work on that and just and start to just like, take your eight iron out somewhere where you can chip uh, and just work on that clean contact by addressing the things we talked about above. I love that alignment stick drill, holding it in your hand, but just making sure you're using your body's rotation and not your hands and just chip with that eight iron until you start to feel a good clean strike over and over again and then if you want to start experimenting with chipping other clubs start to bring them in uh but i really think that's a good place to start but one thing to do pay attention to that and for a righty be your left wrist your lead wrist at impact make sure it stays flat and firm or if anything um Hogan talked about like this wrist sup- supination. I think that was the word he used mm-hmm. for it. Just a little bit where the wrist bone is pointed towards the target, just a little bit possibly. Um, should look, if you're watching on YouTube, a little bit like that, where the wrist bone, anything but that cupped. If you've got that cupped wrist like this, that's the first warning that you're doing that flippy feeling. Yeah. So keep maintaining a, a flat, lead wrist or like i said if anything with a little bit bowed with the wrist bone pointing towards the target is okay if it's the other direction you cupped wrist then you got some issues yeah so just get out there with that eight iron and just work on that lead flat wrist flat lead wrist and just making solid contact rotating rotating the body you know that's just it i mean one of the greatest tips that i got this year was josh kelly yeah on that chip shot and he was like Dude, use your body. Our body is a powerful tool in this game. And when you get flippy and when you just go handsy or armsy or whatever the word you want to make up for it, you don't get that body through. And let me tell you something. I was chunking that ball. I go back to that video and he's just like, dude, put your body through that chip shot and you're going to lift the ball and send it to your target. Yeah. And we don't think about it. And, and what good golf lawyer comes down to is not one shot. It's many shots. It's repetitive. It's creating a situation where you can repeat a good shot. Mm-hmm. And the, I think the hard part for us is that you can once in a while hit, flip your wrist with these short shots and hit a decent shot. And it can almost be reinforcing in a bad way. Right. Because you, you did it. But the fact is, it's not repetitive, not nearly as much as keeping things kind of tighter and just using, you know, keeping those arms and wrists kind of quiet and just using that rotation. So that's a big one. And the other thing, too, another important fundamental to focus on is really trying to keep your head as still as possible. When you're chipping these short shots, it's not like a full swing shot. Your head is going to have to move around. I think people get too rigid with trying to keep their head still, especially new beginner golfers. Your head's going to move around with a full swing shot because your body is making a lot of motion. There's a lot of rotating and a lot of turning. So your head's going to move around a bit. But with a chip shot, it's going to be much closer to what we experience with a putt. Mm-hmm. Where you're, 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 when on a putt, your head should not be moving in much. And in fact, if a lot of head movement, really what it signifies is that your body is moving around a lot. If your head's moving around a lot, most likely your body is moving around a lot. So the head is kind of like the, the canary in the coal mine. It kind of tells you something is off. And in this case, especially with like a chip shot, if your upper body is kind of swaying back and forth or moving too much, you're really lessening your chances of that, that, you know, club bottoming out at the right point, right? Because you can you can get your weight moving too far back, and that can cause that duff shot. So very similar to kind of a putt. If you can kind of focus on keeping your head still, it'll help keep you in your posture and in, in position well enough to make those clean strikes. So again, get out there, take that eight iron, start chipping. Think about that lead wrist. Think about your head being still and just using the, the body rotation to just come through the ball and, and, and just committing to it. You know what I mean? 
picking a speed and a distance you want to hit the ball and committing to it so you're not doing that deceleration we talked about earlier. And what that'll lead to, if you can focus on just a few of those things, it'll lead to a, a pretty sound chipping technique. And Shave then when you get strokes, out there, man. it's just a matter of varying that mm-hmm. a little bit for the lie. And when I say varying that, I just mean the loft of the club you're using and the speed at which you're coming through the ball. Yeah. But not your technique. Your technique really isn't going to change that much. Is this something we could do inside in the winter? I think so. I mm-hmm. think you can get those little wiffle balls. I think uh, I have like a, a cheap little, I got on Amazon, little uh, mat, so I'm not messing up my carpet. Yep, yep. And I just throw that down in the garage or the basement. And I get those wiffle balls. And I, yeah, the wiffle ball is not going to give you a true feeling of distance, but it will give you that clean strike. You'll right. know whether you're hitting the mat or you're hitting the, and just work on that technique. You know, you can even pull out your cell phone, put it in, you know, record some video in slow motion and kind of take a look at your technique. Um, but I think that that's what it really comes down to. So hopefully you guys found some of these tips helpful. Hopefully it'll reduce at least a few of those chip shots. And uh, you can remind yourself if you're doing one of those anyways. Anyways. You're set up wrong to the ball or something like that and you just do it anyway. I, I You know what big anyways been for me? I walk up to the green with the wrong club to chip with. And I get to my lie and I realize I shouldn't be chipping with this club. Interesting. And I'm too, you know, Tale lazy of two golfers right there. To walk all the way back right. to the to the cart and get the right one. Interesting. And she's got to chip with your sixty everywhere. Like <laughs> yeah. me. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> chip with one club. But 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 yeah, no, case, you're absolutely right. It happens you know, all the time. And what I what I'll do is I'm already back? mentally out of the shot. Because yep. I'm not thinking about anything other than I don't really feel comfortable with this club. And we talk about Comfort is like confidence when you're out there. You feel comfortable with a club. You feel like you made the right decision. You're confident. As soon as you feel like you've not made the right decision, it's in any way, as we say. And then, uh, you know, you end up making a, a mental error. Anyways, they're big. Yeah. So keep track of them. I like that. See how it goes. All right. That's everything we have for you guys this week. A- again, thank you, everyone, who's been part of this 400 episode journey. And the train's going to keep rolling. We've got more great instruction coming to you next week. We've got a couple of interviews lined up. We're going to keep going. And before we know it, we'll be at the big 500. Jeez. Dating us a little bit. Wild, right? It is. It's nuts, man. Wild. But hey, if you want to laugh, go to the Golficity app. Go to under podcast and scroll all the way back to number one. Have a listen. You'll kind of see, hopefully, how far we've I gone. tried to scroll. I like to think we've improved. We've improved. I think so. I tried to scroll, by the way. It took so long. I stopped because there's so many. Yeah. Your best is go to Google. Type in golf podcast 001. There it is. That's it. That's it. It'll pop right up. There's, how you there's no video. Thank God. That was way before the days of video. Thank God is right. But anyway, had fun with this. Uh, you can get to the show notes for this episode by going to golfisty.com slash uh, episode 400. And uh, join us on Leveler. Check it out. You're having a lot of fun with the conversation in there. We'll see everybody again next week. 